Welcome back again to Stay in Your Lane, Triple T Transport. I'm your host, John Maley. Today we have Todd Burke available. So uh, thank you, Todd, for making time in your day. Yeah, Pre of course. Good morning. Appreciate that. It's always yeah. nice to have someone of your caliber on the show. Um, today's subject matter is, is somewhat near and dear to my heart. So, uh, you know, I've, I've been doing this a long time. And, and the real question here that I want to pose is uh, if you're a shipper, Okay, uh, is now the time where you uh, you, know, you establish a, a solid network of, of uh, partners or are you really establishing a house of cards uh, due to compression and things of that nature? So uh, I'd love to have your take and your perspective. You know, I think there's many factors. I'd love to hear and understand where you're at on this time. Uh, yeah, John, first of all, good morning. Thanks for having me on. I'm delighted, obviously, to speak to you. It's always great to, to be able to be on, on with you. But uh, Ooh, promise, Mom, I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> I think your question is really around, like, uh, what partners do you need to have based on your network, based on your needs? I think one of the conversations that was a carryover from previous discussions we've had was around you know, what's the frequency of the lanes uh, that you may need as a shipper, um, you know, and how do you establish the partnerships uh, with certain carriers? And uh, you know, my view is it's probably different depending on what your needs are as a shipper, right? So if as an example, uh, you know, you need to have uh, a weekly shipment from Portland, Oregon to Atlanta, Georgia, that's going to be very different than if you're a shipper that only needs a delivery uh, on that lane once a month. So, you know, and, and I think there's a lot of variables um, that go into that. And I, I would love to hear a little bit about your perspective as a broker and like, how does that influence uh, whether or not you partner with a shipper, right? Um, using the example that I just talked about. Well, for example, uh, if we use the Portland, Oregon to Atlanta, Georgia, you're talking about a lane once a week versus once a month. Yeah. So when, when you present something like that to me, you know, when it's weekly, it becomes more consistent and it can be something that we build on and establish routine with maybe a specific provider uh, to bring a higher level of service, to bring a higher level of commitment, to basically, uh, from our perspective, we want to build routine and consistency for our carrier base. Uh, that is more important to us than, than uh, profits, price, uh, because we get a higher value there. We get a higher commitment value with our carrier base and we're able to provide even a higher level of service avoid some fluctuation in market pricing due to you know consistent volume. Right. When you go to it one time a month, then you know it's 12 a year. It be to, to us it's more of a spot need. Right. Okay, where we wouldn't want to uh, we wouldn't want to engage in a, a low cost, you know, uh, drive out scenario where, hey, you know, you need service. Right, and so does every other shipper out there with anything time sensitive. So you know you're going to get what you pay for. If it were in the spot market, uh, you're going to you know get maybe the lowest rate, and you're more than likely going to get the lowest service level. 
So depending on uh, you know whether you have chargebacks in place, uh, customer service likes the phone calls and complaints because they have orders that aren't being filled. You're losing shelf space. You know now if you're a shipper that ships toilet tissue from Portland, Oregon to Atlanta, Georgia, put it on the rail, right? You put it right. on the rail and it'll get there whenever it gets there. As long as, as long as there's plenty sitting somewhere in inventory, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, I think you have to look at from our side, what is it your need is. You know, we want to understand what's the need from a servicing level and what are our parameters uh, from from the level of service. Is it, hey, you know, we've got a 4 a.m. and it needs to be there at 4 a.m. And how, how, how often? So frequency becomes the issue for us. Uh, those are all things that determine where we're going to come in at a price point and how we price it. So, you know, 12 times a year, what kind of commitment really is that? Between, right. p- between partners, it's not much. So I think to your point, um, that is, is the type of, of business we operate uh, and we try to educate our shippers as to, you know, to what their ask is. So, John, in a scenario like that, I mean, just just talking through that, I mean, it, it's my view that you need to have a good complement or mix of partnerships, right? So, I think the question that, that that I would pose and what I would sort of look for your view on is so, in that example that uh, you know, there's only it's called let's call it time sensitive once a month shipment. Uh, it doesn't sound like that necessarily would be a long term partnership, so to speak, and so. You know, it sounds like maybe having uh, going to a spot market in that case might be a better solution. So therefore, you wouldn't have a long term partnership with the broker in that case. But, you know, what is that tolerance? I mean, what is the what is the you know, what would be the frequency that would dictate uh, a partnership? And in your view, how would a shipper, you know, utilize, for example, a partnership with you and then enhance that by having another partner uh, do those spot those spot shipments? Well, I think we can do both, just to, keep, to give you a triple T perspective. We can do both. Yeah. But I think there's, a, there's an inherent value with, um, with us or with, with our ability is to recognize what the ask is. Now, if you're, if you're doing more business with us and that's a, you know, a cherry basically on the top, not a big deal. Right, but if you reach out to me in that lane for the fall between Labor Day and two weeks before Christmas, that's going to be a premium price you're going to pay in that spot market. Sure. So if you if you're a shipper and you're you're chasing the uh, the bottom, you know, in the spot market, then when it comes back up, you're going to be you're going to be paying the premium, and you still don't have consistency in your network. Right? Yeah. You have no commitment to it. So we can commit to getting it done uh, once a month. Your price is going to be a little higher to, to achieve the service level that we're looking for uh, because it's going to take m- more focus and more time for us to, to vet and to put the right people on, in place for a once a month commitment. Whereas a once a week commitment, you know, there, there's consistency there. Yeah. So I, I think for us the line is if it's less than 50 times a year, you know, we're going to look for uh, trying to provide you a longer term price. If it's 
less frequent than that, then we're going to make a commitment and review and work through pricing as a partner Yeah. to keep you off of the spot market. Yeah. From a spot market service perspective and a spot market consistency perspective. All right. Understood. You know, you brought up a good point. I, I'm curious sort of what your perspective on this and, you know, part of the benefit for me, at least for being on calls like this is to really talk through sort of the changing dynamics in the marketplace. And you sort of intimated earlier, uh, you know, talking about how price and price volatility is impacting sort of that relationship. I'm curious, uh, John, like over the last probably 90 days in particular, how have you seen fluctuations in price cost per mile? uh in available um you know carriers in the marketplace uh i would say capacity has loosened due to a reduction in overall volume i think there's been a shift where you know shippers were were providing you know freight as quick as they possibly could to their customers that were ordering and i think you saw a change from a just-in-time shipping and receiving model from a buying perspective from, from the customer's end, not the shipper's end, their customer's end, mm-hmm. to a just-in-case inventory model. So when you okay. saw that major shift, and they, you know, so they were not only buying for what they needed immediately, they were buying to try and build inventory, and it was going out as fast as it was coming in, right? Mm-hmm. And they were trying to buy for future needs, which they hadn't, really had to plan before. So we got into a just-in-case inventory model, and I think things have slowed down on everyone over the past 90 days. I think we, I think it's pretty safe to say that we're we're headed uh, into the recession from here Mm -hmm. moving forward. Uh, I'm pretty confident in saying that. We're seeing interest rates skyrocket. We're seeing fuel skyrocket. Uh, We're seeing consumer confidence plummet. Uh, across. I think we're going to end up positive this year, but I think all of those things are going to impact uh, the market capacity. I think we're going to see attrition over the next uh, 12 and 18 months at sometimes an alarming rate as we get we get into this. I think the people that are not financially able to sustain this are going to drop out. Um, but I, I think overall shipping volumes are m- much lower so now it's, you know, I think that we're seeing that people are moving inventory and doing what they have to to try and get as light as they can going mm-hmm. into the third quarter. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate that perspective. I guess the other part of that equation is, and, uh, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but obviously, you know, gas and diesel prices have gone up considerably in the last 90 days. There's been a lot of uh, dialogue. You know, you, you look online, you see a lot of information around that. You know, certainly these o- owner operators, uh, you know, have a significant impact, but, you know, larger enterprises obviously plan for these types of things or at least attempt to. What's your, uh, what's your view on sort of the impact as a result of increased fuel costs? Uh, that's a great question, Todd. Now I know why I always ask you to be on all these. Um, to us, the impact is going to force uh, the less funded owner operators uh, that were living in the spot market per se, that don't have relationships established, which I think a lot of drivers left their large company roles mm-hmm. 
and and chose to go after the spot market revenue over the past 12 to 18 months, right? So now they're going to be looking for shelter. The the issue is they're going to have most of them are going to have expensive equipment, maybe overinflated equipment pricing that they're in uh, that they're going to have to get out from under, and they're more than likely going to want to lease on or uh, to a larger company or they're going to sell off and just become a company driver for a larger company. I think that shift is, is going to be happening over the next six and 12 months again also. I think that's a normal thing in our industry. Mm. So you're saying uh, a lot of operators have gone from working for a steady, steady company uh, out on their own, sort of becoming an odor operator. And because you know they're capitalized on uh, you know whatever for their tractor and trailer that uh you know that, that they're look probably going to look to uh in, since it's not as lucrative doing spot um buys so to speak then maybe go back to working for a company instead uh we do believe that that's going to happen or they're going to lease to try and find shelter from the uh, overhead costs yeah. from the fuel costs from the insurance okay. costs yeah uh that's the normal shift and yeah. i think I think for us, over the road is always the toughest capacity from okay. a driver perspective to fill. Mm -hmm. So if that helps, that's what we yeah. see normally as yeah. a natural shift, a migration. Yeah. And so when that happens, uh, John, when that shift happens, how does that have an impact then on the spot markets? Uh, you know, is that so then does does the capacity spot markets then become dry, does it dry up or does that have an impact on pricing? I think the spot market dries up for the most part, right? Or becomes much reduced rates or what force that. Continue watching on the next episode of the Stay In Your Lane podcast.